Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome back to part two on CT of the spleen. And let's start with looking at some of the common benign splenic tumors. And when you say that, you're talking about cysts, hemangiomas, and hematomas. Cysts are the easiest thing. They range in size from several millimeters to several centimeters, usually asymptomatic, well-defined. If they get large enough, as in this case, they can cause some mass effect on the stomach. And when they get really large, they can cause symptoms that the patient ends up getting a splenectomy. They're easy to recognize, water density, well-defined, maybe thin septations, no enhancement, no nodularity. And you can see as I rush through the images, very, very, very simple diagnosis. Now, sometimes you can have multiple cysts, and then it kind of gets a bit trickier. Sometimes multiple cysts and multiple hemangiomas can look almost the same. And sometimes when you see multiple lesions, when there's not quite this many, you can think about abscesses. But again, well-defined water density, incidental finding in an asymptomatic patient, you got to be thinking about multiple simple cysts. When you ask the question about multiple splenic lesions, the differential diagnosis surely includes cysts, and that's helpful a bit, but as I mentioned, not that helpful. Hemangiomas, lymphoma, metastasis, abscesses, infarcts, all can be multiple. I have to admit, at the end of the day, the two that have the most numbers of lesions, forgetting size for a moment, would be cysts and abscesses. And when I mention abscesses, I'm talking about small abscesses in immunosuppressed patients. Now, when we talk about cystic splenic lesions, that simple cyst is a differential diagnosis, which includes an epidermoid cyst, old hematomas or pseudocysts, traumatic cysts, cystic generation of an infarct, abscess, lymphoma, or occasionally metastasis. When we talk about splenomegaly, it could be due to reasons like congestion, portal hypertension, for example. It can be infiltration by lymphoma, big neoplasm can be abscesses or infection, can be cardiovascular disease or sarcoidosis. There are a few others beyond this, obviously. Mononucleosis will be quickly coming to mind, but that's kind of a good start. Now, I mentioned that not every pseudocyst is a simple cyst, or not every cyst is a simple cyst. Some are pseudocysts, and this is a nice example of a cystic lesion. And of course, uh, one could think of a simple cyst, but you see it's like subcapsular in location with compression on the spleen. This is a classic example of what you might expect with a pseudocyst. Now, what typically happens, pancreatitis, the splenic hilum, the spleen sits right there, the pancreas sits right there, where the splenic artery and vein enter, it's a bare area, so a pseudocyst can track beneath the capsule, give this appearance, it can make the patient more prone to splenic rupture. You can also see subcapsular collections in patients with splenic lacerations, Maybe it's a week out with a large collection, well-defined. These sometimes resorb, sometimes they don't, sometimes they have to be drained, sometimes this patients get a splenectomy. When you have subcapsular collections, be it due to pancreatitis or trauma, the spleen has an increased propensity to rupture with even very mild trauma. And again, this appearance of a subcapsular zone is really particularly nice. Okay, you see it really well here. Now, sometimes you see splenic lesions which are cystic and are calcified, like this case. When you have a dense calcified rim, you know it's benign. It's a leave-alone lesion. Most commonly, it's due to prior bleed with calcification in the wall. Old infection, theoretically, can calcify that. That would be pretty rare. When you see very dense calcifications, 360, you've got to be thinking about old hematomas.
Now, I also mentioned in terms of benign lesions, hemangiomas. Now, when we think about hepatic hemangiomas, we talk about a, a lesion, a couple centimeters in size, enhances in the periphery with puddling and fills in peripheral to central over time. Now, the truth is occasionally splenic hemangiomas can do that. Most of them are sort of these indeterminate hypodense lesions, maybe faint calcification. Not a whole lot can help you. Hemangioma is the most common benign splenic tumor and can be single or multiple. I mentioned the enhancement can be variable, and you can see multiple hemangiomas in syndromes like Klippel-Trenani-Weber's. Uh, hemangiomas in the spleen can look sort of like hemangiomas. You can see here a vascular lesion, and that lesion does fill in very quickly. So I would feel very, very comfortable calling that a hemangioma. I mean, what else you want to call it? It's not going to be a cyst. It's not going to be lymphoma. You kind of, um, that's what it's going to look like. And there's a couple more images axially or in the coronal plane. Sometimes the hemangiomas are smaller, like this one. Peripheral rim enhancement kind of makes you think about those flash fillings, hepatic hemangiomas. You can see it nicely here. Sometimes you see a lesion like this, non-contrast, it's worrisome, it's a mass. What could it be? Lymphoma? Sarcoma? What could it be? Well, here you have contrast, and it kind of begins to have a mottled appearance around the edge. Now, it's not really filling in like you expect with hemangiomas of the liver. It has some septations. It does kind of look a little bit less well-defined on the uh, later phase imaging. Okay, that's not so bad. But, you know, it's not tough to call it. This was a hemangioma. Another example here, spleen, mild enhancement early, cystic lesions, calcifications. When you look hard, there are multiple cystic lesions present. Again, multiple cystic lesions is very good for hemangioma. These are in simple cysts. If this patient was febrile and these weren't here before, I'd be thinking about abscess. Could this be lymphoma? Theoretically, it can but you're kind of using the statistics. Or this case, multiple lesions. Again, you're thinking abscess. These are hemangiomas, but the patient had a history of Klippel-Trenani-Weber syndrome. Remember I told you, look at the history. And those patients commonly do get hemangiomas of the spleen. And here's a nice example of the extent of splenic involvement uh, that you really can see nicely. And remember, Klippel-Trenani-Weber gets cystic changes in the lung and spontaneous pneumothoraces, which was indeed the case here. Another example, splenic hemangiomas. I think sometimes it's an easy diagnosis, sometimes it's hard. Could this be lymphoma? It would be hard to say no. I don't see adenopathy, I don't see liver, I don't see splenic involvement, but those are multiple low density lesions in the spleen. I gotta worry about those lesions. So at times you may need to do other studies. It's just very difficult, very tough case. Hamartomas I think are rare, or maybe rarer compared to hemangiomas, but they can occur in any age. They're a mix of splenic elements and they're congenital, usually solitary and associated with tuberous sclerosis. It's an interesting lesion because it's one of those in the spleen that does change between phases, can be iso or hypodense or non-contrast CT with slow enhancement after IV and can look similar to a hemangioma. They're well-defined. And this first case is the greatest example because it's that non-contrast, it has that exophytic type appearance to me that I think is classic. It's not the density of a cyst, it's not, it doesn't have the look of a hemangioma. It's solid, but it's not vascular around the edges. Has good mass effect, well-defined. 
And here it is again on the coronal and a few other images. Now, other lesions in the spleen, they can be tricky. Could this be an old hematoma? Absolutely, yes. Could it be tumor? It really doesn't look like tumor. This was an old hamartoma. Very difficult case. And sometimes, you know, spleen seems to merge to look almost like everything and anything. So it can be a challenge. What do you do if you're not certain in this case? Well, I guess you can do MR. That probably won't be certain either. You can do nuke studies. That's not going to help much. Maybe it'll show no activity, so you'll be a little bit uh, less concerned, but I think it's still going to be a challenge. Okay, what else? Let's go to splenic malignancies. We talk about primary tumors and metastasis, with primary tumors being fairly rare. Most of the primary tumors end up being lymphoma. With METS, number one on the top of the list is melanoma. And you can see some of the other choices. And when you talk about lesions in the spleen, we also talk about metastatic lesions, and then we talk about the common ones, melanoma, ovarian cancer, and pancreas. When you look at um, splenic metastasis, you also could think about it in many ways. You can think about hematogenous spread, you can think about direct extension. And that's really where you're thinking, because now you're thinking about colon and kidney. So example, ovarian, there's a lesion in the spleen, it's on the surface. Splenic lesions, hepatic lesions, ovarian cancer, often are on the surface, no problem. Another example, implants on the surface pushing into the spleen, nicely shown in coronal view, metastatic ovarian cancer to the spleen. Splenic and adrenal metastasis, both are vascular in this case. You could think, could this be a funny hemangioma or something? You may think about it. Uh, this patient had renal cell carcinoma. This was metastatic disease to both the adrenal and to the spleen, very nicely shown. Now, spleen may be involved by adjacent tumors, and that's typically pancreas, gastric, renal, and retroperitoneal sarcomas, the typical thing. Nice example here where the tumor is large in the tail of the pancreas, widespread liver mets, and what's happened here, the tumor's grown directly onto and basically into the spleen, very large mass. Now, in a pancreatic tumor, the fact you have splenic involvement does not make you unresectable, but you need a wider resection. Uh, you can see here very nicely the patient's celiac is encased, there's liver lesions. This patient would obviously not be a surgical candidate. But you can see nicely in the coronal view, and sometimes the coronal shows it best, the direct extension and involvement of the patient's spleen by the tumor, very nicely showed there. This is an example of patient with gastric cancer, which is recurrence. You can see the tumor is extending to the spleen, is on the splenic surface, is growing into the spleen. So again, direct extension of tumor. So then we're thinking pancreas, we're thinking about gastric. And here is again very nicely shown with the 3D imaging. Now, we mentioned uh, benign lesions, and we've also touched on some malignant lesions, but we talk about lesions being focal, single, or multiple, what about infiltration? Well, then we're talking about things like neoplastic disease. We're talking about inflammatory disease and other pathologies. So what neoplasm? CLL is the granddaddy. CLL has the biggest spleen, diffuse infiltration, multiple low-density lesions, very nicely defined. And you can see that well on both arterial and venous phase imaging. It's somewhat interesting with CLL. You can see this very nice salt and pepper appearance to the spleen. It's not specific, but it's very suggestive. 
It also means the spleen is really, t besides being large, is totally infiltrated. Here's that same spleen uh, coronal views. You can see the spleen goes all the way down into the patient's pelvis, so it's really a big spleen. Now, when we talk about the spleen and tumor, you always need to think about lymphoma. That's the most common primary splenic lesion. Uh, it's rare, usually non-Hodgkin's B-cell. More common for us is to see secondary splenic involvement for both Hodgkin's and non-Hodgkin's, uh, but not isolated, where it's primary splenic lymphoma. So here's an example of multiple low-density lesions in the spleen. And if you said with the right history abscesses, I would agree. If you say metastasis, I would agree. This was primary splenic lymphoma. And here's another one where you see cystic lesions but nodules in the walls of the cyst. This is a good example for malignancy. This was primary splenic lymphoma. We talk about primary and secondary lymphoma. Primary being where uh, you're looking at solid organs and involvement of those organs as opposed to secondary involvement, which typically represents a lot of nodes. So there is overlap, obviously. This case, again, these lesions in the spleen, we know we look for cysts, well-defined water density. Here, there are mural nodules, okay? Nothing very tricky about that. Um, easy diagnosis, and then it's just management. Another example, look at this tumor infiltrating into the spleen. It abuts the stomach. And when you follow it down, you can see that there's also involvement of the head of the pancreas. So you really get a very good feel here of primary tumor and implants. And when you look at the coronal view, I think the coronal view is probably best in this case for showing you the involvement of the spleen. Uh, again, you could think to yourself, well, you know, the, how often is that going to occur? I think. Uh, Involvement with what you would call secondary lymphoma is indeed very common. If we're not careful, we easily miss that finding. Okay, another example, multiple liver lesions, big axillary nodes. You've got to be thinking even without the spleen lymphoma. But sure enough, there are some splenic lesions, and the diagnosis is going to be lymphoma. This is a super cool case because even the accessory spleen has tumor infiltration. So a very nice example of showing you that. Now, when we think about tumors and we think about different processes, we also think about what things involve unilateral versus bilateral. And I mentioned before, a lot of the things that are unilateral, most of the time, can be bilateral. There aren't that many things that can't be bilateral. And so you just mentioned four, lymphoma, METS, infection, sarcoid. They're all bilateral, so it's not going to help you in differential diagnosis. But there are some other findings, and let me... Um, address those, but first let's take a five minute coffee break. Be right back.